Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Well, and a howdy, howdy to you. Harry Alexander with you here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's a Saturday in May, and uh, I don't... Re- oh, the 23 of May. <laughs> Thank you. I have this... Trouble with remembering things a lot. Anyway, Harry Alexander here. Bunker de France is here. Yep. And in Los Angeles, it is Todd Roberts. Hello. Howdy, howdy. How are you, Jim? Inside, inside, inside Wrangler. Isn't that amazing how it sounds like he's right here in the studio with us? It does. Well, so, I can almost see him over there. Well, and, and we do this. Here, I'm going to let, let our listeners in on a little secret. Uh-oh. We use a service called Clean Feed. And uh, what that does basically is uh, it uses the Internet to transmit uh, our guests uh, or co-hosts voice. And then we mix it in through here. So that's that is astounding. That's how we that's how we get all that stuff. I thought we used tin cans and string. That was yesterday. Oh, okay. yeah, that but, was last week. Or last, no, the week before. That's why I had to get a new mixing board. I get new string. <laughs> get new string. Anyway, Thank God for the new mixing board for sure. Anywho, today's program we're going to talk about the uh, TV and movie cowboys and. The horses they rode in on. Yes. <laughs> because yes. this is a show we've been wanting to do for a long, long time. And, you know, I've had more fun, and this has been one of my most delightful research projects. And I've come to the conclusion that we could probably do a good half dozen shows on this one easily. Oh, easy. I've got a list here of over 100 movie cowboys and horses. Yeah, I, I've got a similar list, although maybe the same list that you have, I don't know. But uh, I know, it's amazing how popular it is to uh, learn about the various horses. And, and some of the details. And, and the detail. And the untold stories. The, the untold story, for example... Yeah. I'll just start it off here. Roy Rogers' horse, Trigger. Trigger. Trigger was not Trigger. No. Trigger was originally Golden Cloud. And he first appeared in the film The Adventures of Robin Hood. Well, actually, and that was 1938, starring Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland. Actually, what's... Russell Rathbone and... Great movie. Uh, well, actually... The the great uh, Claude Rains. Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, yeah, Trigger was owned by the Hutkins uh, Stable and trained by Glenn Randall. But this is the interesting thing. Everybody says, well, that was he actually started out as an extra horse because he was a young horse. Mm. That's what they, they, mm-hmm. Hutkins Stables was in the business of renting horses, mm-hmm. and that's where they would educate their horses to the you know the, the hustle sure. and bustle of a set, the noise and whatnot. And the horses that showed promise were the ones that, uh, as in the case of Trigger, became a schooled or trained horse. And it is said that Trigger was the most famous horse in film history. I don't well, know. Well, again, I don't, I, I don't know. Again, you well, know, you talk. We're talking eras because mm-hmm. if you go back to the twenties, Tom Mix and Tony, tw- uh, Tony, the Tony the, the, thing, the first horse though that was a star was William S's Hart's little pinto Fritz, mm-hmm. right? Who who was immortalized in a painting of 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 Hart on top of him, riding him uh, by uh, the great. 
artist um, <clears throat> who did uh, Uncle Sam, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, it escapes me at this moment, and I apologize. I'll get it probably tonight about midnight. <laughs> um, and uh, he, that portrait is in the living room, no, excuse me, the dining room of William S. Hart's house, and Fritz and his second horse and Fritz's girlfriend <laughs> are buried with three or four of the dogs. Wow. Uh, <laughs> halfway up the hill. And that uh, is probably which, one of the best views of the Simi Valley up there. Yeah. Uh, it's of uh, uh, Santa Clarita Valley. Santa Clarita, Santa Clarita Valley. Valley, that's right. Yeah. And, and it is, and it's the... It's uh, it's one of the places Harry and I didn't get to. Right. So the good news for you, Bunker, is that's that's going to be on your trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know uh, the one where we're going to hog tie you and drag you out here to California, <laughs> kicking and screaming. I'm going to throw him in the baggage compartment of the Amtrak. There you go. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, Bunker. We're gonna we're gonna bathe you in a ba- in a bathtub of bourbon for a couple of days before you come out. You're getting me so pickled, huh? Basically, you're going to wake up. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. All right. Well, next- it sounds like I'm. It sounds like I better go into hiding really quick. Like <laughs> the uh, next horse up. You're not allowed to miss two great well, times. You know, let's <laughs> let's let's just follow this up to what you know, the thing about the top horses. The top, that well now okay top I'll I'll go with tops. Uh, I'm not going to say best uh, because we. I'm don't. talking about like the ones that got the most fan mail. Oh, it's like well, like uh, uh, Ken Maynard's horse. Uh, oh, what was his name? I've got it here. Yeah, I know Tarzan. Tarzan actually, Tarzan yeah. would get more mail than Ken. Yeah, and the same way with Buck Jones, uh, his horse uh, uh, was it Silver, uh, first Silver. Uh, he would get more mail than Buck. And later on, the last of the singing cowboys, uh, uh, we did a show on him. Uh, <laughs> oh, Rex Allen. Uh, we did a show on, right. Yeah, we did a show on Rex Allen. Well, yeah. Coco would get more mail. In fact, uh, Rex said that the little kids would come up to him and say, uh, gee, we sure like you, Mr. Allen. Where's Coco? <laughs> that was the well, number one. Don't forget that Champion was another because oh, when, yeah. when Gene went to England uh, in the late 30s and then afterward, after the war in the late 40s, they had to have a, they had to bring, they had to put uh, um, Champion on the trip and they then built a special truck and a special horse trailer for uh, Champion, and then Roy was in the truck with a driver, and it said, uh, you know, uh, Champion, the famous Champion, on and on and on. So he was just as popular. You said uh, Roy Rogers. It would have been Gene Autry. Gene Autry, excuse me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Now we're even. <laughs> well, you know, this interesting thing, though, about that truck is, you're right, it was, it was specially built. The walls, uh, ceiling floor, were all lined with cork. To uh, absorb any type of uh, yeah. traumatic bumps or stuff. Yeah, and uh, in fact, they had a great display once of in the Autry Museum of Gene, and uh, it was more not it, it was it was a 
a different display than I'd ever seen because one of the items that was on display was the truck and the trailer. Yeah. And it was fabulous. And it had the flying A uh, painted on the side of it, which was Autry's brand. Now, the next horse uh, on my list, and which is not in, in any particular order whatsoever, it's just a list of horses and the cowboys that are who are atta- who are attached to, to them. Um, this particular horse's name is Silver, and Silver made Silver made seventy three films from nineteen twenty two until nineteen forty two. And uh, this uh, particular cowboy rode Silver in about 50 of those films. Um, that cowboy is Buck Jones. And oh, yeah, yeah, you're talking about... Yeah. Silver. And yeah. uh, Buck, of course, died in a tragic fire, along with uh, nearly 500 others in the 1942 Coconut Grove Fire in Boston. Um, a party was being hosted for uh, uh, at the club for Jones. Not sure whatever happened to silver, but uh, that's well, you know the interesting thing too. And this is just to go on with with uh, Buck Jones here is that silver was his the horse that he was famous of, but he also had Sandy Eagle and uh, Omi. A lot of them had uh, more than one horse, of course. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> a poet there, and don't even know it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, and the thing is, some of those horses were actually they would be called silver in other shows. Sure, but some of them were actually non non pintos, non non buckskins, mm-hmm. non whatever. Uh, you know, it just it just you know, it's it's amazing what, what these guys had and did. Uh, Alan Rocky Lane had uh, a horse named Blackjack, uh, mm-hmm. whose original name was Thunder, and what? was ridden by Wild Bill Elliott when uh, Elliott was making the Red Rider films. And uh, uh, Lane later took over the part played by Elliott with the same horse. Uh, when uh, Lane became Rocky Lane, he uh, brought the horse, or bought the horse and renamed it Blackjack, and they were in about 100 films all Who did he buy them from? I don't know who he, from whom he bought them. Bill Elliott. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But Alan Rocky Lane went on to play a horse. Yes, he did. Later on. Of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> in, uh, yeah. he, he was the voice of Mr. Ed in uh, that television oh, show. Wilbur. Uh, go on, Wilbur. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, know you, you also have to associate, you know, because Blackjack was the horse he had after uh, Red Rider, mm-hmm. which was Thunder. And Thunder ran with... Uh, Four, four of the best, I think, series. You know, Don Redberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, heck, Jack Mahoney is not working. Today. Jack Mahoney. Jack Mahoney, no. Red Rider. You're talking Red Rider, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, oh, what's his name here? I got it here. Jim mm-hmm. Bannon. Oh, okay. Jim Bannon, Don Redberry, Bill Elliott, and Alan Rocky Lane, and I think. Of all the series where you had different people playing it, all four of those guys were my favorite Red Riders. Uh, Johnny Mac Brown, one of my favorite cowboys, he uh, had a couple horses, depending on what part he was playing. Uh, Scout, Reno, and Rebel. It was either Scout or Reno, and then Rebel. Rebel, I think, uh, Rebel is the uh, paint, um, and uh, the the white steed was called Scout. and yeah. then he changed well, it. Rebel was a Palomino. Palomino, yeah. 
and uh, then got got changed. Smiley Burnett had a very interesting horse. Uh, R- R- Smiley Burnett. Oh yeah, ring, ring eye. eye. Yeah. <laughs> and, like like and the Tadpole target target had, horse. Tadpole had a little ring eye horse, mm-hmm. and the dog had a mm-hmm. ring eye. Mm-hmm. And somebody yeah. had a great job because every morning they'd have to paint that eye on the horse. <laughs> yeah. Very carefully, very carefully. Oh, also, Smiley Burnett had a horse named Nellie too. Yes, and there was another uh, Elmer. Elmer of uh, uh, the oh, that's, that's, Max uh, Terhune. Uh, he had Elmer had his own horse as well. I can't remember the name of it, but I'll find it. <laughs> I, might, I might have that here somewhere in my. In my I, I have. Oh, here we go. That was banjo. Banjo. There I you should go. have known that right off yeah. the bat. Yeah. So, right. so many horses. So, yeah, I'm going through this. There's so many horses and so many cowboys. You need a scorecard. Yeah, you need a scorecard to keep uh, track of what's going on. And Todd Roberts, what do you uh, what do you think about that? I think that uh, I think it's important to recognize the fact that we lost something. We 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 lost several things when we lost our singing cowboys, Mm -hmm. our B movie cowboys. Um, Other than losing our steadfast heroes. Um who were the same for us a week in, week out, month in, month out, and their whatever their uh, endorsement products were and all that, we also lost their horse mm-hmm. that was their pal and their sidekick, and other than their other human sidekick. And, um, you know, it, it, there was a, I would have to venture to say that there was probably a lot more um, a sense of responsibility with young boys, especially either towards their dog or if they were fortunate enough to have a horse or something. When Roy and Gene and Hoppy and Buck Jones were riding the range um, at the Saturday matinee uh, every every Saturday and so on, as opposed to when it transformed into what we have now, you know, starting somewhere in the 50s, as as the as the B movie singing cowboy ended, um, because although yeah, John Wayne rode a lot of the same horses, as did uh, uh, Joel McRae. Uh, in fact, Joel McRae and John Wayne both shared a horse by the name of Steel. Mm-hmm. But those horses were never identified. You know, I I didn't know the name of Steel until today, yeah. but I've always known the name of Trigger. And champion, yeah, and Tony the Wonder Horse, and <laughs> and you know, um, Hyo Silver being the Lone Ranger's horse. Um, you know, I always knew those names, and because that was part of the one of the characters. And I think that we've, you know, unfortunately, things never stay the same; they always change, and that's one of them. Um, but they're supposed to I, come back. Circle, yeah, cycles. Yeah, most do. And the other thing is, is I and I'm just going to say this to all my cowboy friends, who are really good horsemen, that I hate going to the movies with them. <laughs> um, and I'll say that because, uh, like my good friend Sean Nash, who's a wrangler and a stuntman, and he's a certified welder. He's a real ranch hand. You know, I went to see uh, 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 that uh, Steven Spielberg movie, War Horse. 
with okay. him. Mm-hmm. And I watched it and I loved it. And he said, well, they used eight different horses. I said, what? He goes, yeah, you can't you tell? And I was like, what are you talking about? You mean all the different horses in the movie? He goes, no, the war horse. They had eight different horses mm-hmm. for him. And they used one in this for this reason or that reason, and they had to change. And I didn't really realize that. But in the days of Champion and Trigger and Tony the Wonder Horse, you couldn't change. You know, those horses had to be the same every time. Well, you know, that's, that's, that is one of the myths about the movie making. Uh, there were six, at least six horses at all times for, for Triggers, for Champions. Uh, Ken, uh, Ken Maynard had four or five Tarzans. Uh, but the, what they did is they had the primary or the high school horse which was the one they used for close-ups and stuff like that? Because you didn't want to take him out, especially on the schedule they shot. Go out there and do uh, you know uh, all morning running inserts, and then come in with a hot, slathered, sweaty horse and shoot sure. some close-ups, especially because sure. he's all fired up. But they also with the horses you would have well, like a good example, modern day trainer. Uh, Bobby Davenport or Corky Randall, uh, who Corky had the black stallion. Uh, uh, with the Black Stallion, he had a problem in that that horse was so schooled. He had other horses that would come in and do stuff, but they just couldn't do all the stuff he did because he worked uh, by hand signals, voice signals, mm-hmm. and cues that a lot of the horses couldn't do. He also, uh, his his uh, brother, J.R., furnished two sorrel horses for the show, which they would paint up so that they could do the other stuff because they were well-trained. But uh, you'd have a rearing horse, you'd have a chase horse, uh, like with uh, the falling horse. Yeah, well, the fall. A lot of the times, the falling horses were because they would belong to the stunt man, mm-hmm. and generally, if they needed a falling horse, say say Topper had to go down, uh, if, if there was if there was a stunt man that had a white falling horse, or or they, they paint used, one. Well, what they, a lot of times what they do is they end up using a gray for the white horses. In the early John Waynes, you mm-hmm. know, the monograms and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, they used white and white and uh, gray horses all the time, mm-hmm. hoping that the people wouldn't catch it. <laughs> all right. We're talking about uh, movie cowboys and TV cowboys and the horses they rode in on. Here on Emil Francie's Voices of the West, we've got to do a break, and we will come back with much more right after these important information. <laughs> information... Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities 
activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. The Tucson Trap and Skeet Club has served Southern Arizona since its original incorporation in 1948. We have a 9,000 square foot clubhouse with a restaurant and lounge and we're open year round for all your sporting needs. Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Come out and join us at our world-renowned facility located here in the Old Pueblo, Tucson Trap and Ski Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. For more information, call 883-6426. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911 Read classic western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net Down in the horse corral standing alone Is an old cavallo a strawberry roam His legs are all spavin he's got pigeon toes Little pig eyes and a big Roman nose Little pin ears that touch at the we are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander with you. And uh, a bit of Marty Robbins there in the... Uh, Trying to make it like a radio show. The Strawberry Roan. Hello, Todd. We're back. <laughs> it is a radio show, doggone it. Uh, we're, yes, talk- it we're talking... We're talking about the uh, the movie and TV cowboys and the horses they rode in on. And in my promo for this... Um, you I had talked. A promo? I had a pro, well, kind of a promo, a written okay. promo. I had, uh, in, I, I wrote something that I got from you, Bunker, that, uh, uh, and it was one of the questions that needed to get answered. Oh, okay. I've got a bunch of those. And, uh, uh, this particular cowboy. We'll let Mr. Roberts answer these. This particular cowboy, uh, a favorite, favorite, favorite cowboy of mine, Lightning Bill Carson is, uh, the character he played frequently. And that would be Tim McCoy. Tim McCoy well, did not like horses. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's, he's a little bit like well, like Wyatt Earp. Yeah. Well, here's a, here's a, and he was considered one of the deans of horsemanship. We got a little quiz for you, Todd. This is called Stump the Todd. <laughs> and oh what, God. Okay. Now go. the this cowboy broke his arm when he fell from his horse in his uh, first movie. Who was the cowboy and the horse? Uh, um, 
Was it Gary Cooper? No, 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 no. He was a horseman. Uh, the first cowboy, the cowboy, the first film, he fell from his horse and broke his arm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, golly. Uh, you know, you're catching me off guard here, Bucker. I did that uh, on purpose. Of course you did. Thank you so much. Um, uh, don't tell me it's John Wayne. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a clue. Great sound effects. <laughs> Who? He Great sound effects. Oh, okay. I got a million of them. Okay, I'll, I'll just go ahead and tell you so we can move on to the next one. It was William Boy falling off a topper. Boy had to be trained to be a rider. He was just not a rider. Now... Who wow. cried when his horse died? Tom Mix. No, that's a good guess. It was Buck Jones. Okay, wow. who beat his horses until they screamed? Ooh, bummer. Uh, I, this, I don't know that I want to know the answer. Well, I'm going to look at him differently. He was a superhero to the kids in the 20s and the 30s. It was Ken Maynard. You believe that? Really? I, I just cannot believe that. Yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's really? the way yeah. of of, of uh, the the that particular method of training. I don't like it. Well, do, let, let me explain something there, though. This is we're we're talking about. This is a guy that grew up in an era old school cowboys and stuff. They didn't they didn't soft break a horse. They broke a horse and they would do it in days, as opposed to horse whispering and working with them. And, okay. But that was just a thing because a horse was just a commodity. It was a tool to be used and discarded. But why would you want to beat on the thing? I mean, do you, do you go out and beat on your truck? I don't beat on my truck. No, I go out and beat on somebody else's truck. Okay, that, that's why I have dents. I agree with your logic, but it's not uh, right. I'm not justifying. It's right, but you know, bunkers, bunkers trying to make the point that they were looking at it as. Time is money, and sure. we don't have the time. We don't have the time to wait to train this horse. We need the horse trained now. Yeah, I understand so that. I understand. All the corners, well, and, and and it doesn't. I don't agree with it, and it doesn't work. It's uh, from my if my aunt Rose was here and she was still alive, uh, who was first of all the greatest horsewoman I ever knew, and created three great horse people. Two of them were champions. Her daughter, uh, the baby, who's my age, was the world champion cutter, wow. Teresa. And uh, Rose uh, was as tough as they get. Uh, uh, I once saw her grab a horse by the nose, a thumb and uh, index finger and middle finger like a hook, mm-hmm. and reach in, grab the horse by the nose, and to get its attention. Well, that's, 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 and that and she had the attention of that horse. Well, you know, that was, I don't know if you're familiar with a twitch, but that was generally like something like an old hammer handle. You drill a hole through it, uh, put some rawhide through there, create a loop. They would put that over the horse's nose and squeeze it down. In fact, if you if you look at some old footage of uh, guys riding rough stock and stuff like that, you know, besides blindfolding them, a lot of times they would they would grab the horse by the nose and squeeze it squeeze it down, kind of like Bill Pickett and bulldogging. Mm. Uh, it would it, the nerves in the in the nose apparently it would kind of like paralyze not paralyze but just the pain would incapacitate them. Hmm. Yeah, which is also how the bulldog got its name because right. 
they were brought in butcher you butcher if you went to a butcher shop in old england uh there was always a bulldog mm -hmm. uh in 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 the back hanging out and when they brought the cow in Wait, not into the butcher shop but out in the back corral usually which was where they had a pen there um he'd give the command and the, the bulldog would run up and leap and latch on with its mouth onto the nose of the cow. Hmm. And that would so completely distract the cow through that pain and through this thing on the end of its nose that it, it enabled the butcher to run up with his mallet, crack it in the head, in the forehead, and kill it. Right. And then go to butchering. And that's how the bulldog got his name. Well, I've got one last qu uh, question here for you. And this is my favorite, actually. What cowboy... I'm what it, well, he had his horse buried instead of stuff. But in the way the story went is when the horse died, he, went to, he wanted to find out how much it would cost to have him bronzed. He didn't like the price, so he went and had to see how much it would cost to uh, have him mounted. That was a little steep. He found, asked how much it would cost to bury him. He said $50. And he said, okay, that's the one. What cowboy had his horse buried because it was cheaper than having him stuffed? Uh, it's almost obvious once you know. <laughs> it would be a it would be a Scottish cowboy, would it not? <laughs> oh yeah, a Scottish cowboy, Scrooge, um, Scrooge McCowboy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I I don't know Tim McCoy. No, no, but you know it was Gene Autry. Gene oh Autry God. was a businessman. Hey, Gene. But that, and I kept thinking, well, isn't his champion stuff somewhere? And then I realized, no, he's not. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you look at Roy, you know, he, he had trigger stuffed, trigger junior stuffed, bullet stuffed. Dale kept a sharp eye on him. <laughs> so and, she wouldn't get and, stuffed. And she, and she said, you know, when you, if you go first, I'm having you stuffed. And he said, yeah, just as long as you put me up on trigger, I'm all for it. <laughs> and, and speaking of Dale and uh, her horse, Buttermilk, sometimes yeah. referred to as Buttercup. Buttercup. But that's not good because buttercup is something that is <laughs> fatal to horses if they eat it. Well, you know, there's an interesting story. Kind of like oleander leaves uh, to giraffes. That, yeah. There's uh, an interesting Yahoo story behind that. Randolph Park it. Zoo fed to one of the... Uh, uh, buttercup originally... Uh, buttermilk. One of the other movie horses, and I'm trying to remember which one it was, was originally supposed to be uh, Dale's horse... And I think it's the one one of the horses that uh, Elliot ended up with, but the horse was a stud. It was just too much for her, mm -hmm. and so for her safety, you know, they uh, they gave her a different horse. Let's see if I got that over here on this one. Uh, Pal, no, no, Pal was another horse she used. I think on the uh, in the movies before the TV series. Well, you know, I want to. Well, before you do that, I think we're going to take a, a break because I feel that you're going to launch into something rather protracted. And no, I'm, it's just this is short. I just <laughs> okay. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to read it because it's as, neat. As my professor used to say to me, Bunker, I believe you, but thousands wouldn't. <laughs> well, they're they're smarter than your professor. <laughs> All right. Well, while you look for that, we'll take our break, take break. and we'll do, <laughs> do that, and uh, we'll be back with much more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West 
right after these very, very important messages. Do not repeat. Do not run away. Looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Skeet Club has served Southern Arizona since its original incorporation in 1948. We have a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse with a restaurant and lounge, and we're open year-round for all your sporting needs. Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Come out and join us at our world-renowned facility located here in the Old Pueblo, Tucson Trap and Ski Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. For more information, call 883-6426. Hello? I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movie Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases. But there's more than simply just that. We also play games like The Alexa Quote of the Show. And may the odds be ever in your favor. And have a From the Cutting Room Floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movie Zealots. Until then, that's a wrap. See, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. 
those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. This is the Voices of the West. We are back on Amal Francis of Voices of the West. Harry Alexander with you. Bunker de France is here. And in Los Angeles, our good friend Todd Roberts. We're talking about the movie and TV cowboys and the horses they rode in on. And since we had the high chaparral theme there, um, what was the horse that uh, Buck rode? What, what was the name of, the, of that horse? I don't know. What's the name of... Uh, of um, um, Henry Darrow's horse. Horse. No, come on, Bunker. I don't know. You were on the doggone I show. I was on the show. I can tell you, I rode, let's see, I rode several horses. During, I rode half dozens of horses, actually, during that. But one horse in particular I used to I used to draw was a horse named Spider. Mm-hmm. And Vernon Mounts owned him. He furnished the livestock. Uh, a couple of years after Chaparral, we were up in Canab working on... Uh, Duel at Diablo, and there in the string of horses was Spider. Uh, I, 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 I love them. Our old horses were—they were ranch horses. You can't beat a ranch horse for just—you know—if if he adapts to the movies, you can't beat him for a good horse. They get the job done. But they were calling him Vernon because that's what happened. Change owners, the owners would change the name of the horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I, why they do that. I don't know. And when you when you purchase a, a boat. Uh, you don't necessarily change the name of the vessel because that's kind of bad, bad well, luck. Well, but horses aren't, aren't boats. They don't leak. <laughs> oh, actually, they do leak. I'll take that back. Well, no, they do leak. Yeah, they do. Uh, Sometimes on camera. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I agree with you about boats changing the name, but I, I, once, um, uh, I once, my friend bought a boat, and I walked, I'm walking down the dock, and I'm coming up from behind the boat, and he says, and it, oh, he's waving at me, and I come up and I see the name of the boat, and um, the name of the boat was Patty's Princess. <laughs> and I said, um, Bill, you're going to have to work on the name here, because um, uh, you don't know a Patty, and I don't think you're going to become one. <laughs> well, you know, while we were off camera here, uh, Harry and I were talking about some of the horses that actually. Got billing over their uh, their human companions. Yeah, but Tony made a movie called Just Tony. Mm-hmm. Got first billing, and the supporting actor was a, a, a this kid named Tom Mix. Well, and a champion had his own uh, yeah. television series. Yes, he did uh, for a bit. Uh, Twenty some odd episodes. Rex the Wonder Horse uh, was billed over Jack Perrin in a number of films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rex the Wonder Horse started out in twenty four. Or twenty-seven uh, in silence, and uh, uh, McAdoo was uh, Henry Darrow's horse. McAdoo, yeah, McAdoo, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's so funny, you know, because there's just so many horses, and again, like I said, you know, you never know. Oh, you know, we were talking about uh, and, and Rebel was Buck's yeah horse. Uh, you know Don Redberry. He also he also had a horse or rode a horse named Cyclone, and you know it's it's interesting. A lot of what with uh, with Barry, they said a lot of times when they were doing doing shows there where he would have to do a quick mount, mm-hmm. 
there would be somebody in the crew standing off to, just off a of camera with an apple box uh, at their at their feet uh, in case he was having trouble, just kick it out there so that he could jump up because Don was a little short and he liked he liked tall horses because it made him tall. Well, uh, one of my favorite cowboys says Hopalong Cassidy. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And uh, uh, we all know that uh, Hoppy's horse was named Topper. Well. It didn't always be. It wasn't always that way. Yeah. According to this uh, interesting article here from uh, a press book for Renegade Trail uh, from Paramount, nineteen thirty nine. Uh, for the first time in a dozen Hopalong Cassidy pictures, William Boyd is separated from his famous Snow White Charger, King Nappy, in the latest range thriller, Renegade Trail. Now, due to temporary injury. Nappy was barred from work in this new film, coming to the theater, and in his place was taken by a double called Topper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You know, they had a double, another double horse for Topper. Did they use for there were chasing? there were a number of Topper, uh, at least four yeah. or five Toppers. Now, uh, but he looked so much like him that the only way you could really tell the difference was he was that. Little some little freckles uh-huh. around the eye. Yeah, that was it. Because and there's another one that had uh, little freckles uh, on on the, on the uh, muzzle. On the muzzle. Yeah, and in, in the, the black and whites, well, it's hard to tell. Well, it's it's also like you know, Trigger, the original Trigger. Uh, he was also called the Old Man by uh, you know the crew and guys like that because he was the the old guy, but he was also called Liver Lip because his his lower lip protruded. <laughs> uh, there's a guy who uh, I did not realize this until I did some more research on it, but learned this a couple of years ago um, in, in uh, the uh, Republic uh, Red Riders. Um, a guy by the name of uh, Bobby Blake played Little, oh, Beaver, Little Beaver and uh, rode a horse uh, called Papoose. Well, that uh, fellow Bobby Blake, um, Robert Blake, <laughs> same fellow, Beretta. Yeah, I know. Uh, Isn't that funny? Little rascals and, uh, and, and the little rascals. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny? I, I, I and I find uh, also in, in cold blood. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's it's fun to watch those uh, old movies where he's a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a group of people that hang out in the valley, live in the valley, and. Uh, every once in a while, they they go over uh, to the restaurant Fatello's, uh, which is the infamously tied to Robert Blake. Mm. They have the uh, the dinner of death. Mm. <laughs> well, here's here's an interesting little side note. Bob Baker, who a lot of you probably don't recognize the name, uh, he rode a horse called Apache, and he found he actually owned the horse. It was a pinto. And he found it in a ranch over in Flagstaff and bought it for $150. And that's the funny thing is a lot of these horses that became, you know, star horses were bought for was one horse. I can't think we should right offhand was bought for $50. Hmm. You know, I just. Wow. Just, I, I'm watching a, a Republic serial now. Uh, Undersea Kingdom, starring Crash Corrigan uh, and bunches of others. I know Lon Chaney Jr.'s in it uh, as well, um, and it's interesting to to see to see that he had uh, uh, 
Corgan had his own horses in the westerns, but mm-hmm. uh, in this particular uh, serial where it's under the sea, and there it's obviously shot either at Iverson or uh, Corgan Ranch. Uh, Corganville. Yeah, and uh, he's got sun shining. It's all under the sea, of course. Oh, of course. I mean, you know, it's, but he's got bunches I of different horses. horses. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the funny thing, Ray rode so many horses yeah. that. And none of the horses, some of the, some of the cowboys could care less. In fact, some of them didn't want the horses to get billing because they thought it would detract from their, you know, their start. Talk about ego. Yeah. yeah. Talk about ego. My God. Well, well Harry Carey Sr., his <laughs> horse, Sonny, that was, and Sonny did a lot of stuff. He was worked on the John Ford things. Yeah. The, uh, the horse that John Wayne had, Dollar, now there's couple different spellings of it or it, were there different names for dollar uh, no I, I, let me think here because i know he rode you know like uh in uh what was it, uh, real lobo he had that really nice uh cutting horse that he rode it had a really great back on him mm-hmm. and he has the one scene where he's got the gun on him and he backs the horse back up across the bridge and out of the shot it's a beautiful shot that's El Dorado. El Dorado, that's right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. He also rode a horse that he shared, as I mentioned before, with Randolph's, uh, with uh, with uh, Joel McRae by the name Steele. Yeah. Who was in a lot of pictures as I'm, well. I'm surprised that I have not found in all of the research uh, that I have accomplished on this, and, and it's not the end all by any means, but Joel McRae's name is not mentioned in any of these um searches that I, I find about uh, the cowboys and their horses. Most of, the, most of the time, it was his horse that he rode in the show. I don't doubt that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're getting back to Wayne for a second. Here's just a, a short list of the horses. Duke, which was the ones that he did on the Lone Stars. Right. That was his first first horse. Banner, which is one, a very well-known horse. Steel, Cochise, and Dollar. You know, there's like Three of the best-known movie horses, modern movie horses, right there. Mm. And one we haven't mentioned, which uh, Jimmy Stewart liked, was Pie, mm-hmm. which was owned by yes, Al Hayden. And the funny thing is that they were going to do a show uh, with Stewart, and they called Needham in to coordinate, and he didn't like the deal, the package that Needham offered him. They said, well, we'll go with somebody else. And the house, and house said, "Oh, that's fine." He says, uh, uh, "Which one of you guys is going to tell Jimmy that he's not, he won't be riding pie?" <laughs> and they went, uh. "Why is that?" He said, "Well, I own pie, <laughs> and pie was a was a very popular cast horse, star horse." You know, you don't see uh, in in many of the bees. The horses always have some bizarre name or uh, the color of their coat or silver or or something like that you You don't see a horse named zebra you don't see horses named pal pal except for buck jones yeah i'm I'm sorry who gibson not buck jones who gibson the other uh the most ridiculous uh horse was the horse used in the movie appaloosa and they couldn't use an appaloosa they could they only had quarter horses so (laughs) they had to paint it (laughs) <laughs> they had to paint that white rump with the black spots on it. Wow. And um, 
Paint by numbers. <laughs> they didn't always use the same guy to paint it. Oh, <laughs> sometimes when you watch the film, you think to yourself, uh, You're seeing spots. Oh, my God. Aren't those spots on the other side? <laughs> wow. Uh, and although I love that film with all my heart, and, uh, it's, you know, John Saxon, I think, is fabulous, and Emiliano Fernandez is fabulous, um, and uh, I think everybody's cast perfectly, and and so on, but the horse is off, and the other thing that is off is that ridiculous hat and beard that Brando has <laughs> at the beginning of the film, coming back from the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the other, but you know, this is all congruent with a film that, unfortunately, uh, had uh, d- the communication was so diminished that um, they had to have uh, the director and Brando had to have an interpreter. Wow. Who would go between them. Wow. So Brando would, so the director would say, uh, please tell Mr. Brando that uh, his scene is starting. And the, and the guy would go over and get him and say, okay, your scene's starting. And he'd say, where am I supposed to be? And he'd turn around and go, <laughs> excuse me, sir, where is Mr. Brando supposed to be? Uh, yeah. And he'd say, Mr. Brando is supposed to be over here, stage front center. Okay. And then he'd walk over there and he'd look at it and he'd go, Tell him that I don't like standing here in this scene. <laughs> it's a stupid, stupid, uh, this is a stupid uh, setup, oh, and the blocking boy. is horrible. And this would go on uh, literally uh, because they almost more than once come to blows. You know, there's a funny story there. When they, While they were shooting that, they were shooting Duel at Diablo up at Canav, and Neil and I were up there working on it, and there was a two-week period there in the middle where they didn't need us. So we knew that Appaloosa was shooting down at St. George, so we just scooted on down there to see if we could uh, slide in on them. We got down there, and they said, you know, says, we could use you guys. The only trouble is Mr. Brando hasn't come out of his trailer in a week, and he says he's not coming out, so we're <laughs> shut down. So we ended up in Las Vegas trying to get on the professionals. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. God. All right, we got to take our final commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. So uh, you uh, stick around. We'll be back with much more right after these important messages. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities 
activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallion.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them and they'll help you as they did us design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Coming to you from the great southwestern United States. Dear Dan Tootin. Yes, sir, Bob. This is the Voices of the West. That justice is one thing you should always find. You gotta saddle up your boys, you gotta draw a hard line. When the gun smoke settles, we'll sing a victory tune and we'll all meet back at the local saloon. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Whiskey for my men, beer for my horses. Well, uh, Todd, just so you know, while this was playing, Harry and I jumped up, not, not with each other, no. but did a little scoot, a boot scoot boot, boot around scoot, here. A little boot, little boot scoot boogie with uh, with Willie. Um, okay, so uh, we're wrapping it up here uh, on on the movie Cowboys and TV Cowboys and the horses they rode in on. And Bunker has this interesting statistic on the largest number of horses used in a f- film production. You have an t- idea, Todd, who it might be? What it might be? Um, the largest number of horses used in a production... Uh, would be, um, is it a Western? Yes, it is. Okay. Because I was going to say Charge of the Light. I was going to say Charge of the Light Brigade, but, so it is a Western. uh, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, A little voice in the background. Bring her up closer. We want to hear solo. Yeah. She's got a great face for radio. Um, Oh, no. going to say that it is uh it is um uh it's uh 
it's tick, tick, it, tick, I can see tick, the wheels tick, turning tick, too. Tick, tick, tick. I hate to, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that it's that it's uh, um, uh, the Robert Duvall film where they have the horses in the big remuda. No. Um, um, no, but I'm thinking that it's John Wayne right. in um, in uh, uh, Your big, not Big Jake, but uh, uh, Chisholm. Nope. <laughs> it was the undefeated. We had 2,500 head of horses. Uh, the, the Hollywood legend says 6,000, but it was actually 2,500 head of horses. And they have that great stampede scene in there, again, which yeah. was uh, coordinated by Hal Needham. Those Wranglers made a buttload of money that day. Yeah. <laughs> well, All right. And, and you know, a lot of people that don't like undefeated, but I've always liked it. I, I always liked Roman it. Roman Gabriel always, did a good job. Well, yeah, I thought Roman Gabriel was good. I thought Merlin Olsen was good. Uh, I thought John Michael Vincent was was good. Um, and honestly, I, I always loved Bruce Cabot mm-hmm. in that film. He, you know, he always put a great performance in. He never slouched, and he's very good in that film. That was kind of his his uh, Edgar Buchanan role. Yeah. Yeah, in a lot of ways. I also would would like to mention that one of my favorite horses, which isn't a movie horse, but it is a media horse, is the horse in the painting of the Stetson advertisement to the last drop. Mm. Cowboy at the little at the little he's at a little little pond or a little watering hole, mm-hmm. and he puts some water in his hat and. And and you know there's very little left, and um, he's had a little bit. And the horse has a, and he gives the last bit to his horse, and he's letting the horse drink out of his hat. Nice. Well, you know, we want, I want to mention Vigo Mortenstein in Hildago because that's I that really enjoyed that movie, but there were five or six horses they used in that for the, for the horse. He bought the Absolutely. number. He bought the number two horse. Uh, he still has them today, as far as I know. He just he loved the horse, mm. and that's going back to the old school there, you know. And I, yeah. I, I just have to say, Vigo makes a good cowboy, you know. He makes a hell of a good cowboy. Appaloosa is also another good mm-hmm. one. Yes. Well, this was a, a, a rather fun show to do. Oh, I think we'll do it again. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's tons more horses to do and tons more actors thousands uh, to to do, um, and, and their horses. I mean, I'm. I'm looking at the stuff that I haven't clicked on here, and I'm, <laughs> I mean, well, you know. I want to mention Ken Curtis, Dick Ferran, Fred Scott, Raymond Hatton, Bob Wills, Ray Corrigan, Dennis Moore, John King, Bob Livingston, and the list goes on. And I also want to mention Bronco Billy Anderson, our first movie cowboy star. Yes. That's right. And his horse was Ranger. And what year was that? Well, uh, what year was, because uh, he, he was in one of the cast members in uh, The Great Train Robbery. Uh, 1903? Yeah. Something and uh, he did, he was doing close to 100 films a year there for a while hmm. at his own yes. studio. Well, that's it for this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Next time we get together, it is Movie Saturday. We will be going back out to... The White Stallion Ranch. Yay! ha! And uh, our topic is going to be the works of Clayton Moore. 
he wasn't just the Lone Ranger. The Lone Stranger. He was a lot more than that. So. He was a, a, the king of Republic serials <laughs> certainly there towards was. the end. Yeah. That's it. Todd, yeah. thanks much for joining us, Thank buddy. you, amigo. Thank you, gentlemen. As always, it's great. We yeah. certainly appreciate it. Thank you so much, everybody. And, and thank you, young lady, Betty, yeah, for, for, for listening for as well. affects in the background. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's it. We'll talk at you next time. Amy. Until then. Adios. So long. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzik's Voices of the West. 